you could feature that on your website or wherever on your social media for your funeral home or if you have an email list, whatever it might be, just to show that we are a legitimate business in the community and people, people find more trust in that. Today, we are talking about something a little bit different in funeral service, something that unfortunately a lot of funeral homes and funeral home owners don't take into account as much as we should because we're small businesses and maybe it's something that, you know, not, it's not top of mind, like the new calls that we're getting or our financials or our employees. Today, we're talking about HR, that's human resources and PR, public relations. Today we have on Greg Gilbertson. He's a pro in both, and he's got some really good tips for our businesses and some ways that we can um, improve our funeral homes and really just to cover our own basis and make sure that we're being safe and we're being cautious out there because as we're all aware of in funeral service, there have been plenty of lawsuits and things of that nature that can destroy a small funeral home. So tell us a little bit, Greg, about um, yourself and thanks for coming on and um, what's going on today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hello, everyone. It's so great to join such a wonderful industry and to join your podcast. So I'm glad to be here. Certainly about my background, I've been in human resources across the United States and Canada for over 15 years in a variety of industries. Um, I also have been a part of outsourcing HR, not to a uh, PEO, but we outsource fractionally here uh, at the Gilbertson Group in the uh, past and now to support everyone, as well as public relations, managing the story of a brand, whether it's recovering reputations, as PR does, or um, actually putting them directly into national media syndications for low dollar amounts with 100% guarantee, including the likes of Forbes, um, as well as Fox, ABC, you name it, um, we're able to help people with that. And I love uh, being able to tell a brand's story through the lens of uh, being coming from the business side over into HR as I began my career. Yeah. But yeah, I, I certainly have been uh, in a variety of industries and certainly excited to talk to you and your audience about some things that they can do proactively and less reactively, as yep. you mentioned in the introduction so eloquently well, around legal litigation and things being brought in a variety of states and topics will I certainly touch on today to really help equip small business owners, which, um, you know, we always want to empower. And when I originally ideated around helping people, that's really what we all do. Yep. Uh, and in all industries that we serve is we really love that engagement and helping people. So that's what brought to me is to give this audience and anybody I work with a voice back to the voiceless uh, business owner, professional, um, and to turn that workplace pain into power, as opposed to looking at small business and really have a breakthrough of what does maybe I don't have an HR department or an HR department of one, or I don't have uh, the cloud. And I want to bring those solutions to the industry to say, hey, you are able to protect yourselves without carrying extra headcounts and costs for having labor. And you're able to protect your brand. And the one thing that comes to you most is your customers, um, the emotional journey that obviously 
people and families and everybody goes through that you guys are so eloquently able to handle through your variety of uh, mechanisms that, and everything I've learned in the last yeah. six months or so from yeah. a colleague of mine. Uh, so for me, I'm so glad to be here, but that's overarching my background. And um, I, you can find me in Kansas City, Kansas, any day of the week. Um, or in Brazil, uh, we have a home there. Uh, so we, nice. we, my wife is from Brazil originally. So I, uh, you can, that's where I'm from, uh, not from Brazil, but from uh, the Kansas, I'm not from Kansas city. I'm actually from St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Um, but I've been in Kansas city since 2016. So we love it. Cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, we talked before the pod, I'm actually going to Brazil myself. Funeral directors don't get too jealous. Uh, I actually get a couple days off. Uh, more than that, and I'm heading down to Brazil. Uh, very excited for it, and um, it'll be it'll be a good time, a good good trip away. Yeah, you'll love it. Yes. you'll love it. Yeah, uh, we we'd love to hear. Um, you touch on a few different things that I'd love to cover. Um, one was from the perspective of PR, because as funeral homes, we're most of the time we're in small businesses, but we don't understand that we have the ability to get out there in the community and be forward facing as opposed to just sort of taking it as it comes or sometimes taking it on the chin. If you have some bad press, um, for example, there was a situation at, at my funeral home. This is, this is small, small time stuff, but it's still important. Um, at my funeral home, we had someone that went out, um, on Facebook and they were saying some not very kind things about, our services that we provided and ended up being, um, they posted in our community's group and it was a big miscommunication on their behalf, but it was really powerful to see the people in our community coming to our defense and saying, no, like our, that funeral home would never, never do such a thing. Like they've always treated their families with the most respect and things like that. So I'd like to hear some of your ideas that you would have for funeral homes as to how we can, get ahead of these things and make a name for ourselves in our community as opposed to trying to fight against bad PR because that's a lot of what funeral homes are going through nowadays is you're trying to avoid any mistakes. Let's do the opposite. Let's hear your ideas on that. Yeah, so it's you know a great question, great opportunity to discuss. So PR, public relations traditionally has always been where you might think in your brain that we have a publicist or a celebrity who gets us in the magazines and those types of things. Yep. Where that the industry has shifted. So what's really great about uh, being a small business owner is you don't have to worry about if you want to be featured on ABC or Fox. These packages are extremely reasonable and one hundred percent guaranteed mm-hmm. and turned around within twenty four hours. Wow. And we're able to do more than just tell a story proactively. And we're also able to tell a story reactively. So in your case, we had a single event that occurred. Um, we would be able to do what's called uh, reputation management. And we would go in right in and be able to resolve that issue as well as take down any reviews and those types of things with our strategic relationships with you, the likes of Facebook and different varieties of, gosh, uh, Google reviews are big, um, yeah. but taking those from a brand damage down. Um, specifically, I think about if you, not just your situation, but also if you're a new owner of a funeral home mm-hmm. or you're, you've taken over a funeral business or you're in a merger and acquisition on a, a bigger scale, mm-hmm. um, you definitely want to have somebody who can place you right into market watch saying this merger uh, is occurring, we're excited, we can place the funeral director or the CEO of the company or whoever that leader may be 
um, right away yeah. um, to make sure that the story sticks with us. So yeah. um, you're able to come right to us uh, and or any uh, now, um, and we're able to place you immediately into those stories and how that all comes together as we really tell each individual story uniquely from their lens because right. everyone in the industry has a different approach um, to how they will want to manage their customer expectations or they're taking over a business and they need reputation management. And sometimes people think changing the name is going to do it. It doesn't. Yeah. And no. it takes a little bit more than that to recover a reputation if it's been damaged. Yeah. And I think it, it legitimizes the business a lot. Um, when you see that someone's been featured, not necessarily someone seeing it live or seeing it, you know, the day it gets released, you could feature that on your website or wherever on your social media for your funeral home, or if you have an email list, whatever it might be, just to show that we are a legitimate business in the community and people, people find more trust in that. Just like you were saying, Greg, as well about Google reviews, um, our company, uh, we have a, a marketing company called Mortuary Marketing, and we focus a lot on Google reviews and getting more of them and getting quality ones because that is where people are looking when they are trying to find a business that they don't know much about or even if it's a restaurant just think about if you go out to eat you're trying to find those things and like you were saying Greg those negative reviews are absolutely killer because people will sometimes sort and try to seek those out so it, anything that you can do to try to avoid those situations and capitalize by getting more positive reviews is a great way to do it. What are some of the things that you would um, have a funeral home featured in um, or what kind of stories are you seeing out there that are good ways to get your name out in the community um, for you? Yeah, you know, I think that you touched on a couple of different things. So it's actually quite simple of a process and it turns around within 24 hours. So I'll talk about proactive. If you want that brand recognition and to put it, the process to effect is that you actually, uh, from the industry, you would uh, select your syndications. We talked about Google reviews. There's so much effort for all of us going into Google reviews, no matter what industry you're with. Yep. If you're in, uh, everything is about reputation management. Yelp, Google reviews yep. are huge impacts to brands. So instead of putting all that energy, I'll paint a picture for you for sure. return on investment is for $600, let's call it, you can be featured on ABC, NBC, MSNBC, online in their print syndications. And if we need to do television, we certainly could. Mm -hmm. um, but let's call it for 600 bucks. You get all the backlinks and it automatically moves your uh, business up to the top uh, in SEO or mm -hmm. search engine optimization in Google. Yep. So all that energy spent on Google reviews and et cetera, you have uh, the power to get that done in one foul swoop and uh, in a snapshot to get uh, elevated into the way that you would like to uh, in your reputation. And so that's generally how it works. And those exist forever. So you right. actually will get, you'll actually speak to, like if you, uh, for example, come to us, uh, Michael, or talk to a PR specialist, they're able to now turn that around for you and get on the phone. They write the story, they're professionals, they work for ABC, Forbes, all these different varieties of syndications, over 112 um, that are national. And the media is always looking for a great story. And there's yeah. a, they're always trying to fill a news cycle. So True. for us, it's not just television. That's what people think. It's also digitally online that exists forever in your footprint that yeah. you can also place on your website. So it says, as seen on ABC, as featured on 
yeah. Forbes as featured on Fox. And that brand recognition not only moves the search engine optimization on Google, when you tie in reputation management behind that from a PR perspective, it also moves the bad reviews down and it puts you at the top of a search uh, whenever anybody's doing that from uh, doing a search for your services right away sure. uh, because of the, uh, what we call clout um, mm-hmm. that came out in those features. And so how it works, it's literally a 24 hours, hundred percent guaranteed um, placements uh, in the strategic relationships. And um, they call, they would call you right away. They would write a story specifically around your brand. You approve the story with a feature for you. There's no limit on words or anything like that. And, but the publicists are really phenomenal at doing that. And uh, you get the backlinks, the images, everything. And it um, has a 24 hour turnaround to the press. And so it helps you almost immediately as opposed to maybe a quarterly or an annual. I'm not sure how that's framed up. Uh, for you guys specifically, as focusing on Google reviews, they're asking for those from a customer every single time. They're going to jump on that bandwagon, and you'll see a transition where people will just come to you organically because of where you've been featured. And they're like, wow, they've got the uh, notoriety. This must be a great yeah. place. That's how the consumer thinks, and yes. uh, because it is a great place. But now they know, and it's certified. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and the, so all of that experience for you comes from your old client base where they were able to kind of shut down that bad review. And that's really great. But if you're an enterprise or even a small business, this is really great information to inform people on. So you have recovery. Uh, it's a marketing strategy. Yeah. It's certainly guaranteed. Um, but it also helps with overall exposure in the past and currently working actively today. It's right. a great solution. Right. And um, coming from me personally, I've worked on plenty of websites um, for funeral homes, developing websites and landing pages specifically for, you know, targeting people um, as far as if they need services or um, prearranging things like that. And time and time again, when you do the research, you see, uh, you know, you have your main main screen um, that has the, the little bio of the information, maybe an image above the fold, all of that. And then underneath it, time and time again, you see as featured on this, as featured on that, because people can see those brands and they're like, wow, okay, this funeral home knows that they're, they're doing something right is really what it comes down to. Because if they are a part of those big organizations, they're going to say, okay, this funeral home is legitimate. As opposed to if you see something without that, you have to dig a little bit deeper to make sure that they're performing and doing all the right things. So uh, it, it is a it is important thing and it's a, a good sales point uh, for most funeral homes. Oop, that's a death call here. Hold on just a second. All right, I think the students got it. I'm sorry about that. You know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started Mortuary Marketing. And I got to tell you, all the few homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home, and I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. Let's transition a little bit more uh, to the HR side of things. Um, I, I would love to hear about some of your recommendations that you have for our funeral homes as far as what we can do. Um, to cover yes. to cover ourselves and um, you know what what we need to be looking out for 
uh, if you're if any of our funeral directors listening are on the side of management or ownership, they know that this is a big deal and uh, managing your employees and um, your taxes and trying to avoid any lawsuits yeah. or anything like that is a big, big deal. So Greg, tell us a little bit about uh, some advice that you would give to our small funeral homes out there. Yeah, of course. I think that's an excellent question. And human resources is my passion. Um, so I've covered all states, all cities, all in two countries, as you know, as we talked about in the beginning. Yep. So what I've seen in the industry for all everyone is the mo- one of the most common points that I want to bring up. And these are active cases being brought against uh, small businesses, as well as active cases that are from employment attorneys, from either former employees or current employees, regardless of the Department of Labor, EEOC, uh, the Equal Opportunity Commission, all underneath the Department of Labor, or verification of I-9s, et cetera. So what we've seen is, uh, not me personally, but from trends reports, is that in states like California, a variety of state law, uh, and then you have federal law, is a misclassification of employees. For example, you have W-2, and then in the industry, uh, you might find uh, 1099 contractors. For example, in the state of California, I've seen it from the executive level all the way down to a small business owner in this industry. They may hire a 1099 employee. That's There's no such thing. So it's always yeah. 100% winnable um, because that's not a classification. Oh. And there's certain, uh, it's 1099 contractors, which means they have full control over their time. And what's happening in states like California, um, Nevada, Gosh, I've seen cases here in Kansas as well, mm-hmm. um, in the Midwest. Um, no market is untouchable. It's from an HR perspective is that you're seeing where you're calling someone and email a 1099 employee. They may leave, but the state is going to s- stick up for them because as soon as you call someone an employee, they're entitled to unemployment. Yeah. They're entitled to back pay wages. They're entitled to... And then if they're classified incorrectly, which is the most common occurrence we're seeing industry-wide, is that if they're classified incorrectly, they will come back to the business. And it's, I've watched a couple of funeral homes sadly have to close down because they didn't have that type of support because they're a small business. And the lawsuit brought against them was $21 million for one misclassification of employee. And that's an unfathomable cost. And so, then what's the question? The question really becomes, but we don't want to have HR full time because right. HR is always, and you got to break down some generations here as well. So I study the five generations in the workforce in three different work environments as a researcher in my industry. And what I will tell you is coming from the business, I totally understand that HR's perception is always going to be the bad guys or the, we're the guys that enforce policy and, you yeah. know, all these different things when actually our sole job is designed to protect the company. Yep. And the employees that work within it and that culture and find that balance where generationally, my dad is a boomer. He just retired. He used to call us. He would be like, he never understood what I did until he retired. And I helped him (laughs) through his benefits, you know, and everything else where in the past it's, uh, you know, uh, I get, I talk to all different generations, but I break that down to say, you don't need to increase your headcount inside of your organizations and bring on a huge HR department. Mm -hmm. You outsource it um, where we interface as your brand. And we come in and we help you uh, with all of those uh, situations that may come up. And that way you avoid that. And with our types of licensing, I don't think people realize that HR isn't just personnel management. We're just not there to fill out I-9s and, um, you know, file the paperwork. I wish that's all that it was. But that's evolved very significantly 
in human capital, how to hire and uh, retain talent. Are we paying correctly? Compensation? Are we recruiting? All of that is a, a function of HR. Sure. What's the retention look like? What's our client retention look like? What's the story we're telling, right, yeah. about our brand and listening to your people? But you outsource it, so you're protected. And when I say outsource, it doesn't mean that you're outsourcing to a third party that you never met before who's in control and charges you a bunch of money. But you outsource it to a certified agency um, who can interface as you. So if your employees or yourself need fractional support, it's not this large bill. You have somebody on your team, much like uh, we work side by side with counsel and general counsels and the law all the time. Uh, and we're able to help um, much like any in any situation. If it was an employee situation, we would do an investigation. That's called employee relations or labor uh-huh. relations to make sure it's fair if it ever went to an employment trial or to an employment attorney that we can defend the business against unemployment claims, EEOC claims, et cetera, and make sure those things don't hit small business as long as they're not deemed appropriate right under law. Sure. The other thing is the biggest one, and I'll go back to it, is uh, misclassification of employees. So again, yeah. um, that lawsuit was just settled, but it, I'm seeing more coming from employment attorneys. And they all have a and their right to do so underneath the federal law. There's federal and state law, as we all have come to know, and sometimes city that comes into play for labor management, which yep. HR is well-trained in, but coming at somebody fractionally, you're not keeping an attorney on staff for 600 to $800 an hour, but you're keeping somebody retained um, that's always a phone call away to be mm-hmm. able to give you the best advice um, in each state and really help protect the business and your people. Um, but not at a large corporation cost, but with that large corporation value, which I think is huge. Um, when you think about, I think about that one funeral home for 21 million, uh, 21 million, what happened in that situation is again, a misclassification. They called them a 1099 employee. They directly inserted control. And what that means is they said, you have to mandatory attend these certain meetings. You have to do this. You have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to follow our uh, company policies. No, what you're, what you're doing is you're telling them that they're an employee and exerting what's called the IRS 20 points of control. And so they got hit with three different agencies, the Department of Labor, Equal Opportunity, um, also Homeland Security, because that person was not of citizenship of the United States to be legally eligible. Uh And so a lot of people get head faked and they say, if I classify him as a 1099, then I don't have any legal liability. Absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. And so I think that's a fallacy that unfortunately fell upon that uh, business, uh, that individual business, but has, is we're seeing a large uptick in trends across the industry wide where the Department of Labor, EEOC, they're not there to defend the business or the employee or HR. They're going to uphold the federal law. And that's where a lot of things are coming into play because it's an easy pickings um, on yeah. top of lawsuits. But to protect yourselves in the business in a minute cost from the HR perspective, um, HR is more than just filing paperwork. We are very proactive individuals, especially coming from the business side of things, meaning P&L management, right? Understanding how multi-unit functions, if you have many funeral homes or how that works. But we interface as uh, your HR. So, for example, if you are ABC Funeral Home, Uh um, we would be able to represent you as ABC Funeral Home's Human Resources Department and interface as that to make sure that and fractionally, and what that means is not on a contract or a long-term agreement, but when you need it, we're there. Yeah, it's it's important thing to have, and my mind immediately goes to a, a many funeral homes, including 
our own, um, we outsource a lot of work to other people that are not employees of our specific funeral home. We have a lot of contractors and this goes for most, most funeral homes that there is some work that is going to be contract out because realistically we can't all be available 24 seven, 365 to do every bit of the work that it takes because it is a job that is needs to be available every second of every day of the year. So we have those uh, people that are helping us, assisting with us, and we just need to be very, very careful about how we're classifying them because you don't know what is going to happen. Someone might be a a ventral person or see an opportunity and try to take advantage of uh, a funeral home, even if they've done nothing wrong. So we need to be very careful of that. Uh, I I think it's it's an eye-opening thing. Yeah, all great points and actively occurring. Uh, right now. So those are insights that aren't, um, those are data that's actively occurring right now. And so uh, what I'll add as the last point there is called the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB. So when you outsource to a company, um, like not just in HR, but you're contracting out services because you need to be available 24-7, it is now uh, underneath the NLRB that that contractor, if they were not following rules and regulations, they hold both companies responsible. Oh. So uh, it's just a, it's just being informed and making sure you have someone on your team that can help you and interface with you and help free up that time, but make sure that they're writing shotgun inside of that uh, business vehicle as your partner to help you navigate those complex situations that yeah. there's no way um, having to be available, as you mentioned, 24-7, or if you're a chief executive officer of a national brand inside of this industry, there's no way you can share your mind share and understand everything that's no. coming at you and legal no. that's actively moving throughout state law and mitigation litigation, or, you know, not being an attorney, but an HR professional, how we deliver employment law and those types of things for people. So I, and yeah. uh, policies and procedures and uh, misclassification, it's like, well, I don't want to take on the liability. Well, actually you're putting yourself in the liability by misclassifying them. And that's actually the strongest winnable case across the United States is wage and hour theft, yep. uh, which comes into uh, which comes into play underneath the misclassification. And then unemployment claims and unfortunately a lot of back pay um, in, yeah. high, in states that really, uh, and across the nation that really protect employee management. So you really yeah. wanna be informed here because it, it is actively affecting uh, businesses and unfortunately shutting them down. Yeah, we need to be so careful. And uh, like you were saying, Greg, that we have enough jobs going on as a funeral director. You're an owner, you're working with families, you're managing a business. It's impossible to be able to to do all of these little things. So it's good to have someone that's in your corner to to help back you up in any sort of tough situation. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to ask you a, a last question if you want to touch on for us a, a little you bit a little bit about uh, workers' comp um, and how that relates to funeral service and what we need to be looking out for too. Yeah, and workman's comp is the same thing. So if you classify someone as a 1099 employee, which is not a classification, it's uh-huh. 1099 contractor. Okay. means that you follow those 20 points of IRS uh, systematic behavior. You're not exerting control over that employee saying they have to be on the phone by a certain amount of time or they're in a certain state or um, they need to be at meetings at a certain amount of time. So this goes back to workman's comp. So when you have workman's comp claims, it needs to become a policy immediately uh, from HR um, that initiates, number one, do we have the right classification? Are they eligible for workman's comp? If they're 
truly classified as a 1099 contractor, which about in not just in your industry, but in multiple industries, we find that that's false about 61% of the time. No kidding. Wow. Um, across all industries. They misclassify all the time. The employees aren't informed of their rights. And they become informed by going home or Googling, you know, ChatGPT, I guess everyone's an attorney in 2023. <laughs> but it's just not the information, right? Attorneys are very, um, they're going to protect you. They protect me. They also protect the employee. They're on all sides. Yeah. But it's also they uphold the law. So right. when you, uh, with Workman's Comp and to avoid what really is happening, right, if you take a 30,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. is let's classify people as 1099 so we can avoid legal risk. But what we're not seeing a legal risk and avoid having to get workman's comp and avoid having to pay out unemployment and avoid having all these additional payments. But actually by doing it and exerting control, you're almost putting yourself out of business if you're, you're putting yourself at 100% risk certainty or yeah. 98%. Nothing's 100%, right? right? But there's someone somewhere, some way going to find out and be informed. And then it's usually the beginning of a really uh, hard lesson learned um, and um, or um, unfortunately businesses at risk and because they just aren't informed. And so you want to be informed as to how to protect yourself. So back to your workman's comp question is if they're W2 employees or salary exempt or non-salary exempt and we could, you know, go on for days about different classifications. Yeah. But. Um, depending upon that, workman's comp would actually have to be retroed back. So let's say you've misclassified. I've seen this uh, just recently uh, as last Tuesday. Let's say you misclassified somebody, but you didn't realize what you were doing. It's not about your intent. It's about the law, right? We yeah. all wish that was the case, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. So everybody, it's not that nobody has good intent. Everybody has great intent, but the law, negligence of the law is not an excuse, right? Underneath court. Uh, right. And an attorney will tell anybody that any day, right? A police officer would tell anybody that. But yeah. back to the workman's comp is that in states like California, as an example, in a separate matter, as I mentioned last Tuesday, employee was misclassified uh, as a 1099 employee. And this particular chief executive officer kept calling them that on conference calls. A 1099 oh. employee. A 1099 employee. When you use it verbally and you put it in writing, you are certainly going to lose that case. You're in trouble. Yep. <laughs> They're gonna, unless, and this is what happened. So team member was classified, employee was classified as a 1099 employee. They were selling uh, funeral into funeral homes. They weren't a funeral employee, mm-hmm. but they were classified as a 1099. They got in a car accident. Okay. And while well, they were going from a funeral home to a funeral home sure. in the state of California. And unfortunately it caused uh, bodily harm and injury. Well, that person retained an injury attorney who then retained a workman's comp attorney who then retained an employment attorney. All three, by the way, are taken on contingency. So they don't pay hourly rates as employees. And I think that's where people get head saved as well. Most employment attorneys take cases on uh, contingency, meaning once they win the case, they take a percentage of uh, the winnings. Um, And so what happened in that particular case is the business didn't have workman's comp set up. So they got fined uh, specifically for all three of those different things in one instant. Oh, boy. And the Department of Labor is now actively investigating, and now they're under scrutiny for I-9 audits to make sure all employees are legally there. And that's not HR. That's the federal government. That's ICE and Homeland Security and (laughs) those uh, differences. So, And I also would like to share that underneath the work with some questions, such an umbrella of questions, that's why you have an HR. (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah. but the reality is, is that if somebody's misclassifying, that's where it begins, um, and the fines are ha- hefty, 
and they will not stop. And I want to let everyone, you know, it just so people are informed when I say they will not stop means that if an employee is um, being mistreated in the workplace, you definitely want to make sure we protect that. Number one, we um, protect the employee, right? More than anybody mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we take care of the employee to take care of the business. It's not people over profits. And when you start thinking that way, and that, I've seen it many, many times, you get yourself into some muddy waters. And what's really unfortunate is that when, um, you know, it goes beyond a HR level and it lands into the hands of attorneys who are going to take care of their clients as well as counsel that needs to be retained for the business, that's going to cost the business just out of the gate um, lots and lots of time. And by the way, it, uh, if there's a legal hold notice or a cease of communication sent uh, from the Department of Labor, during an employment case, you would have to be shut down and out of operations for your entirety. So you could not, your business doesn't have to be shut down, but as a funeral director or a CEO, you would be deposed. And the entire time you're being deposed, you can't operate in your business during the case. Oh, jeez. So I just that don't think people realize that awakening of, hey, if you're, if a, you know, uh, favorably or unfavorably, you definitely want to make the call to have some advice given to you. Not, you know, this isn't legal advice, but certain because I'm not a jurist doctorate. Mm-hmm. But from an HR perspective and employment laws, we're all trained um, to navigate those instances. We want to protect your employees and protect you before you walk into those muddy waters. Yes, I think it's it's so important to to pay attention to all these details that might get overlooked because one little thing could cost you your whole business. And that's, that's right. why you gotta you gotta pay attention to these. But um, thank yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for for giving us a, a lot of information. Um, I think it'll be pleasure. I think it'll be eye opening uh, for a lot of us that maybe we don't even think about these things, and then you hear about businesses getting shut down or twenty one million dollar lawsuits. We can't afford that, and uh, so we need to be watching every little thing that we do and making sure we're doing everything above board as to the best practices. So I think you give us a lot of things to think about and um, we'd love to know how we can learn more uh, from you and how we can reach out to you. Yeah. So you can reach out to us uh, at uh, HR solutions at Gilbertson, G I L B E R T S E N G R O G R O U P.com or directly at uh, nine, five, two, 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 eight, four, seven, three, four. Right. And any member of uh, the HR team will be able to help support as well as the PR team. Um, and uh, we also have business solutions. So we're, we're cool. there and we're able to serve and help. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get ahead of it uh, so it doesn't bite us in the butt. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Of course. And enjoy Brazil. I, it was my pleasure to be on today's uh, podcast and speak to all of you. And if anybody has any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're always here to serve uh, the business and always here to serve people from a society of human resources standpoint, as well as what we do in HR and how we work. Appreciate that.